I am excited about uh, our celebrating our 160th anniversary as a church family. And next week is really going to be a memorable time. Uh, and with that in mind, I want us to think together uh, this morning about a time to choose. Uh, next Sunday, our theme for the day is going to be as for me and my house, based on Joshua 24. So this morning, I want us to look at that ahead of time and go ahead and start thinking together about what it, what it meant that day when Joshua said, as for me and my house. In Joshua chapter 24, beginning at verse one, we'll not read all of this, but when we begin at verse one, Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem. He called for the elders of Israel, for their heads and their judges, their officers. They presented themselves before God. Joshua said to all the people, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, from ancient times, your fathers lived beyond the river, namely Terah the father of Abraham, the father of Nahor, and they served other gods. When he talks about the river, he's not talking about the Jordan, he's talking about the Euphrates. He's saying, long time ago, when this nation was born, it was born when I spoke to a guy way over on the other side of the Euphrates. Abram was over there, and I spoke to Abram, and I told him to leave his people, to leave his town, to leave everything he knew and to go to a place that I would tell him. As you skim through the next uh, 10, 12 verses or so, you'll see that he took Abram from beyond that river and brought him over. And when he, when he got here, he gave him Isaac. And then Isaac had Jacob and Esau and then uh, uh, Jacob's kids and, and the, the, the family wound up in Egypt. And in Egypt, the, the nation basically grew and multiplied and be became many, many people. And he sent Moses to Egypt to, to let the people free. And then he brought the people out of Egypt. And when he, they got to the Red Sea, he closed the Red Sea over their enemies. And then he brought them through the land of the Amorites and gave them victory as they could come through. And, and then uh, even when they, they finally then crossed the, the Jordan and they came to Jericho, he gave them a great victory. And he allowed them to be victorious over the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the Hittites and the, and the Gerasites and the Hivites and the Jebusites and a bunch of other ites. And I gave them into your hand. And he says, uh, he, he says in verse 13 then, I gave you a land on which you had not labored and cities which you had not built and you have lived in them. You are eating of vineyards and olive groves which you did not plant. He said, I have given you all of this. Look at what I've done for you. And then, Joshua says to the people who have gathered together, Now, therefore, based on all that God has done for us throughout our history, as we look back and we see where it all began and we saw how He brought us through day after day, He brought us through to this place, to this 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 beautiful place that, where we have great resources and opportunities he said, now therefore, 
Fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Put away the gods of of Abram's people way over there on the other side of the Euphrates. That's not who we are anymore. Put away the gods that you became familiar with when you were in Egypt. That's not who we are anymore. He says, put away all of those and serve the Lord. And in 15, he says then, and if it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your fathers, uh, which your fathers served, which were beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living, But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As we look at that great scene, and by the way, this is not the beginning of Joshua's ministry. This is the end. In the next paragraph, he's dead. He has brought them all along. He has carried, he has has led them all this way. Brought them into the promised land and taught them the things of God. And now as he is about to leave them, he is saying, you guys have to choose for yourselves. As for me and my house, the choice has already been made. We're going to serve the Lord. And as we look at that great scene and hear him say that great challenge, I want to share with you five things that we learn from him. The first one is that we want to look at your history. And make a choice. Look at your history and make a choice. As a church family, it's not that hard for us to do that. The Southern Baptist Convention was formed in 1845 in Atlanta. 1845 in Atlanta. It was formed for the very purpose of missions and evangelism. To make sure more people got to hear about Jesus Christ. That was 1845. Just a few years later, 1858, this church was founded. One of the first Baptists to settle in this area was Alberto Vaughn. He was a postmaster for our community. He, uh, he gathered some folks together and they met on a farm outside of town. And the church was named Bold Spring Baptist Church because that was the name of this community at that time. And they were, um, they were one, just a few years after that, not, hadn't even been formed very long until we were um, one of the five churches who organized together and created the Waco Baptist Association. After we helped create the Waco Baptist Association um, during the 1880s, We moved into town, away from that little farm. We built a building on the corner of Davis and Spruce. And we changed the name to West Baptist Church. By then, the name of the community had changed. And then eventually, the name changed again to First Baptist Church of West. We moved onto this corner and dedicated a building there on Christmas Eve of 1899. And the guest preacher was George W. Truett. 
On September 21, 1939, that building burned. And so they, uh, they had to rebuild there on that same spot. And uh, that is the brick structure that is there now. That was the church. Now it's the youth room. In 77, we added on, built some other stuff. 83, the Historical Commission uh, helped us celebrate our 125th. On Easter morning of 1997, we started two worship services because we had outgrown that little sanctuary. And um, in 2003, we dedicated this sanctuary so we could all worship together again. And, and uh, kind of in keeping with that, uh, with that history or that tradition, we couldn't have George W. Truett come and, and preach the dedicatory sermon. He's long gone. So instead, we had the dean of the George W. Truett Seminary come and preach that day. And that was, a, that was a, a wonderful time here as we celebrated together. Then we celebrated our sesquicentennial, the 150th, and, uh, and most of you are very familiar with our most recent story of recovery and helping others through recovery, and we come to today. Look at how God has brought us from a few folks meeting out on a farm outside of town. Even that, look how he brought Baptists to this area to begin a work here all that many, many years ago. And now we can see as we watch that history unfold for us, how he has led us, how he has blessed us, how he has used us to be a blessing. And because of those things, we can say, God, you've been faithful to us. And so we will be faithful to you. The same thing is true for you as an individual. If you look back at your history, your story, you can see God's hand at work all along the way. We often can't see His hand at work right now in the moment. But looking back, you can see how He led you, how He guided you, how He took care of you, how He prepared you for what was coming. You can see how He has taken care of you through the years and brought you to the place where you are today. And so as you look at your history, make a choice. Say, God, you have been faithful to me, but I still want to do my thing my way. I don't care what you've done for me. Or say, God, when I look at my history and I review my story, I'm overwhelmed by your love. I'm overwhelmed by your guidance, your grace, your mercy. And so now I will serve you. Look at your history and make a choice. That's what he did with those folks that day. John chapter 12 calls us to that very thing. Whoever serves me, this is Jesus speaking, whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. So Joshua stands before the people and he says, you guys choose, you guys decide. Are you going to serve the gods that, that our fathers served way over yonder? Are you going to serve the false gods of the people that we met when we got here? Or are you going to serve God? You decide. Look at your history. Think it through and decide. But understand, if you're going to serve the Lord, then you're going to be with Him and the Father will honor those who serve Him. 
The second thing that we learn as we hear Joshua speak to the people is the choice is whom you will serve. Did you notice, did you get that sense again in verse 15? If it's disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve. Notice he didn't say choose if you're going to serve somebody. Because the reality is we were created in such a way that we are, we are naturally going to serve somebody. God did that on purpose as a way to draw us to himself. We are going to serve somebody. So the question is not will you be a servant? The question is whom are you going to serve? You're going to serve somebody. You may remember Bob Dylan got that part right. He sang a song. You may be an ambassador to England or France. You may like to gamble. You might like to dance. You may be the heavyweight champion of the world. You may be a socialite with a long string of pearls, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Indeed, you're going to have to serve somebody. Well, it might be the devil or it might be the Lord, but you're going to serve somebody. You might be a rock and roll addict prancing on the stage. You might have drugs at your command, women in a cage. You may be a businessman or some high degree thief. They may call you doctor or they may call you thief, but you're going to serve somebody. And he goes on and on for a long time, listing all the different kinds of people that, that uh, he could think of that would rhyme. And then he says, but you're going to serve somebody. Folks, that's who we are. The question is not, will you serve? The question is, whom will you serve? You serve that person or that thing that is most important to you. I know some people who serve their boat. Some people serve their house. Some people serve their job. Some people serve their, their own reputation. Some people serve another person. The question is, who are you going to serve? Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24 says, No one can serve two masters. Either you're, you'll hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. What is the most important thing? You can't have to. You can't say, I'll serve God and it's either I serve God or I serve this person or this thing. The choice is whom you will serve. The third thing that we can learn from Joshua is we hear him with this challenge for us and for the people that day is that we each must choose for ourselves. He says, if it's disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve. Choose for yourselves. Your parents made their choice. I don't know what that choice was in your life, but your parents made their choice. Now you have to make your choice. You see, going to church, because that's what my family did while I grew, all the whole time I grew up, going to church because that's what my family does, is not serving the Lord. And it's not being a Christian. You have to decide for yourself. It doesn't matter what mama believed. It doesn't matter what grandma believed or great-grandma believed. 
What matters is whom are you going to serve? You have to choose for yourself. And so Joshua says, you can choose to serve the gods that our fathers served way over yonder. If you want to, that's okay. You can do that. But you have to choose. You can choose the gods from the people around us, but you have to choose. And he says, as for me and my house, we've already chosen. We're going to serve the Lord. You have to decide today how you will complete that sentence. As for me and mine, we will serve. You have to complete the sentence. You see, each of us has to make that choice for ourselves. When James was speaking to to, uh, the folks that he was writing to, he reminded them that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. A double-minded man is unstable. You have to choose. You can't have one foot in and one foot out. You can't be half-hearted, double-minded. You're going to serve somebody, so who's it going to be? You have to choose. Elijah confronted the prophets of Baal on the top of Mount Carmel. When he did that, he would not allow the people to stay in that half-heartedness. And so he says to them, Elijah went before the people and said, how long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. If Baal is God, follow him. You cannot play games with God. You can't have one foot in and one foot out. You can't choose to serve God on Sunday and serve the values of the community on Friday and Saturday. You can't choose to serve the Lord all year except for West Fest weekend. Oh, I'm sorry. You see what he's saying? How how long are you going to waver between two opinions? If God is God, He is worthy of our service. If He's not God, why are you playing games? We each must choose for ourselves. We must choose. By the way, no choice is a choice. When you think you're just kind of gliding by and not having to choose, you are indeed choosing not to serve the Lord. Another thing that we can learn from Joshua and his, and his leadership of the people is that God's people are not like other people. He said, you, you can serve the, the, the people that, that uh, the, I mean, the gods that our people served on the other side of the Euphrates if you want to. That's who they served. In Egypt, they had other gods that they served. Now we came over here among all these uh, Amorites and Perizzites and Huzazites and Whatzazites and, 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 and they all served other gods. You can choose them if you want to. But he says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the one who brought us through all that he's brought us through. We're going to serve the Lord. 
You see, God's people are not like other people. They serve other masters. Are you going to serve their masters? Or are you going to serve the Lord? Deuteronomy chapter 30. In this, in this passage, in this text, Moses has presented the law to the people. He has finally explained to them, revealed to them, this is what God wants you to do, who God wants you to be. This is how life works. And once he revealed all that to them, he, he led them and guided them through the wilderness. He taught them all that he was going to. And now he, just like we said earlier about Joshua, now Moses is toward the end of his life. And as he is getting close to the end of his life, he says, this day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that you, I have set before you life and death, blessings and cursings. I have given you the options, life, death. Obey God and serve Him, life. Disobey, serve other gods, death. Blessings. Obey God, serve Him, blessings. Disobey God, serve other gods, curses. I've given it to you. I showed you the options. Now, choose life, he says, so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice and hold fast to him. Moses is calling, begging, pleading the people to finally make a choice and to love God. You see, you can't walk on both sides of the street. Are you going to be on God's side or are you going to be on the world's side? The last thing that we learn from this, that's not true. The last thing in my list <laughs> that we learn from this story is that this is the day to decide. He called them together and he said, if it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves Today, whom you will serve. This is the day to decide. When I got in third grade, the uh, desegregation had come to Waco. And they were moving us here and there and every which way. Besides that, my mom's job changed, and so I couldn't go to the school where she was work. all that stuff. So the bottom line is I had to change schools. I went from uh, Hillcrest to Crestview. Got to Crestview, and I don't know if they still do it, but back then, the teachers lined, uh, lined up the, 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 the chairs. They would have us all sit in alphabetical order. I think they did that because it'd be easier to learn names that way. And so I sat down at my little table with a guy named Carpenter, another guy named Cotto, and then I was Crowder. Third grade, we got to be really good friends. The fourth grade teacher did the same thing. Carpenter, Cotto, Crowder. And we, we stayed good friends. We got to fifth grade, teacher did the same thing. Carpenter, Cotto, Crowder. And man, we had a good time. 
We never really got into PE that much. And so we would act up and misbehave in PE on purpose. Because if you get in trouble in PE, you have to go walk around the track. Well, walking around the track with my buddies was a whole lot more fun than whatever they were doing in PE. So we'd get in trouble on purpose and have to go walk the track. So we're out there walking the track. And my buddy Carpenter, Clint Carpenter was his name. He was an amazing dude. He could stand still and jump up and turn a flip and land on his feet. And man, we'd do, we'd do that all the way. We'd walk a little bit and say, flip, Carpenter. And he'd flip, boom. And we'd walk a little way, flip, Carpenter. Boom. Man. He moved not, not to, I think he moved our sixth grade year or whatever. And to this day, even as an old man, <laughs> to this day, I have the picture in my mind, the vision of his station wagon pulling away from school knowing I'd never see him again because we were that close. I miss, I miss my buddy Carpenter. Cotto stayed, and we went all the way through high school together, and we stayed in touch pretty good. Before I turned 21, both of my childhood buddies were dead. Before I turned 21, Carpenter had become a stunt man in the movies. And a stunt went wrong and he died. Not long after high school graduation, Cotto was driving down, I think it was Highway 6, he was driving not far from here, drunk driver, and he was gone. How many... How could I have known that before I turned 21, both of my buddies would be gone? You see, life doesn't tell us what's going to happen and when it's going to happen. Still remember, I was at Tiger Stop, and Lisa called me. And our lives changed. Her dad had been killed in a wreck. My point is this. You and I get so comfortable in this concept of time that we take it for granted. Beloved, and I mean that, beloved, you don't know what tomorrow holds. I hope you have another week, another month, another year, another decade to decide if you're going to get real with God, but you don't know if you do or not. That's why Joshua didn't say, hey, would y'all think about this? Would you pray on it? Would, would you have a small group meeting and y'all decide? Would you kind of consider? No, he said, today is it, baby. You choose right now, today, because I don't know if you've got tomorrow. Choose today who you're going to serve. Because you're going to serve somebody. 
Will it be the same gods that the people at your office serve, the same gods that your neighbors serve? Will it be the same gods that your mama served? Will it be the gods of our fathers long, long way back somewhere else? Or will you serve the Lord Jesus Christ today? You choose. The time has come to stop wavering, stop playing, stop waiting on someone else to make our decisions for us. And so like Joshua called those people and Moses called the people before, I call you today to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul. Follow him closely, trust him wholeheartedly, and serve the Lord with gladness.